You are now listening to Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, Todd Fox, and Gabby Gap. Police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified more victims and killed even more. Plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them. And that he was also a necrophiliac. <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to another episode of the Grinding Pipe Podcast with your host, Marty Matt, along with Daddy Gab. And today, now, writing will be Bloody Todd Foxes. That is right. But before we get into another episode, we want to let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just type in Grinding True Crime, and there you can comment on our page, like our page, and uh, follow our page, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Once you leave your comment, if you want to listen to us on your podcast stream, all you got to do is go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, and Podvine, along with iHeartRadio, Player FM, and Samsung Podcast. And for those who are listening to us outside of the U.S., you can continue to listen to us on Radio Public, Breaker, Pocketcast, and Podchaser. Go to redbubble.com, type in Top Fox 80. There you can get merchandise courtesy of Grinding uh, True Crime. And if you like what you hear and you want to support what we do, you can always leave a, a cash app uh, donation to uh, Cash App and just type in dollar sign Grinding True Crimes. Or if you have PayPal, you can leave it at uh, Grinding True Crime. That's at Grinding True Crime. Listener's discretion is advised because we do get into details that can be graphic and uh, for mature audience. So listener's discretion is advised. Okay. I think I got everything out the way. <clears throat> um, Todd Fox, you have the floor, my man. You got a story for us to break down, correct? I sure do. Uh, this one's going to be, it's going to be filled with twists. So. Ooh. Hang on to your, uh, or like the great, uh, what, what's his name from, um, he's in every movie. What's that actor? Uh, you know, he goes, hold on to your butts. Samuel Jackson. Oh, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, from Jurassic Park. Jurassic hold Park. On your <laughs> this this is one of them. Kids, hang on to your John Jones. There you go. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> or hold on to your Johnsons if you're a male out there. Hold on to your Johnsons. <laughs> um, Tonight's case is going to take place in the heartland of Wisconsin. Ooh, Ooh it's cold out there. Yeah, it's cold. But uh, our story is not going to, because when you think Wisconsin, you think milk, you think Packers, you think cold, um, just like Gabby just did. But uh, in, this, <laughs> in this part of the case, we're going to be thinking warm weather. The, the two and a half months they actually get warm, decent weather. Um, that's when this, this case is going to take place. <clears throat> so... Let's get started here. It's actually going to be in uh, Baraboo, Wisconsin. So a uh, small town on the eastern portion of Wisconsin, uh, population 12,000, 
Um, it's got your, it's well known. Well, well known. It's only known <laughs> for, uh, being the heads, the uh, headquarters of the now defunct Barnum and Bailey circus, which the circus had been there. And I guess when all the PETA people took over and they said, no, you can't do that to animals, the circus fell apart. But for a <clears> hundred <throat> years, the circus was, uh, headquarters over there. So <clears throat> now that you think of it, I just realized that I don't see commercials of them anymore. Yeah, they don't do you don't do circuses anymore. I mean, it's just been proven to be uh, cruel and unusual punishment to animals and you know elephants, stuff like that. Uh, you know, lions have attacked people. So uh, yeah, it's just there's no I, people don't want to see it no more. So it, it it disappeared as quickly as it could come to town. Basically, that's crazy. Yeah, sure is. Um, this is a small town, you know, it's got, you know, it's like one of your, um, your, your towns, you just, it's, it's got a main center and then it's got people that live real close to uh, the town. And then you got the outskirts people. Um, we're going to talk about, uh, also this, uh, police force of about, uh, about five to 10 officers at the time. Um, they're full of Johnsons. This is a Johnson led police force. <laughs> so Johnson and Johnson. Oh yes, <laughs> plenty of Johnsons. Like, hey, it's Johnson A, Johnson B, Johnson C, and down the line. Uh, so, right away, let's talk about uh, Christian Steiner. We're going to talk about Christian Steiner here. Why does he sound like a wrestler? <laughs> he sounds like Scott Steiner's brother. <laughs> hey, I'm not on steroids. My voice is just like Mickey Mouse for some reason. <laughs> That was that was Scott Steiner. If you ever want to listen to a funny wrestler, just listen to him talk. He he sounded like Mickey Mouse, and that guy roided <laughs> up, dude. I'm still playing Matt's little impression of last the last episode in my head. We, we oh, sure yeah. have been doing a lot of wrestling uh, uh, stunts <laughs> lately. <laughs> That's been coming up a lot, hasn't it? <laughs> That's what she said. Um, born no, born November nineteenth nineteen seventy nine. Uh, Christian Steiner uh, would be in Sauk County, Wisconsin, which is a uh, neighboring Columbia County, Wisconsin. Christian was uh, your everyday Midwestern 14-year-old kid in 1994 uh, is where this, pl- uh, this case takes place. Um, he was uh, basically loving sports, playing baseball, riding his bike. Um, back then when sports cards were a thing, like that was around my time, Um you know, collecting cards was a thing, trading them, basketball, football, baseball, reading comics, um, just a, just an all around, you know, Midwestern kid, uh, loved by the, his, he had a lot of friends in the neighborhood. So, um, you know, he, first year of high school, uh, he was, you know, his personality changed a little bit, but not too much. He was a good kid. Um, you know, he went to his mom and dad and asked them, hey, can you get me a permit so I could start working? You know, it's a little early for me, but I would like to start working at the age of 14. I'm almost 15. Can I get a job? So his parents said, okay, you know, you've been really responsible, good grades. You've been doing chores around the house. They went out and got him the permit and he got his first job uh, at McDonald's. So everything. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're good. You're good. <laughs> So he had he had been only there two weeks prior to what we're going to talk about here. Okay. And, um, he had the morning schedule. They're not in school at this point. Um, you know, it's it's around July fourth, uh, the weekend. 
time. So, um, <clears throat> you know, he's he's not having to go to summer school or nothing like that. So he had some time to get some work and some hours in and he was figuring, okay, I'm a, I started here. My first paycheck's going to be coming here soon. I'm going to be able to, um, you know, put a little aside um, and also maybe buy me a new video game. Uh, Super Nintendo was out at that time. So he's thinking about that. And, uh, you know, so he, uh, he figures he's gonna, he's gonna be able to, uh, you know, do something uh, exciting with his first paycheck coming up here. So July 3rd, 1994, Christian tells his dad, hey, wake me up tomorrow, 6 a.m. Uh, I'm going to need a ride to work. Uh, I got the early morning shift. And, uh, you know, as they're having dinner with him and his his mom and, uh, and his dad, and his dad's like, yeah, we'll wake you up at 6 a.m., throw the coffee in there. You'll be at work at 6.30. Don't worry about it. Okay, cool. Everyone tells each other good night. And, uh there there it is right now now keep in mind um in wisconsin at this time we're not talking about low temperatures we're talking about uh, around july and august it's about in the 70s 80 degrees maybe uh at night it's about 55 60 degrees so it's not like it's freezing outside it's a warm night <clears throat> you want to be outside in that time time of a uh, year in wisconsin uh -huh. so now we have a date uh -oh. Already? Already, yes. Dang. So this will be the morning of July 4th. His parents, George and Kathy, went to wake him up because he was excited to go to work. And uh, they made coffee, and uh, the father, George, knocked on his door <clears throat> and was like, Hey, son, it's time to get up. No answer. Gave him a couple minutes, came back like how my dad would, you know, and be like, Hey, Chuck, get out of bed, damn it! <laughs> no, like, <laughs> George came by and knocked on the door again, but then he opened the door because uh, he figured it would be locked, but it wasn't. And he opened the door and his son is not there. And uh, they saw, you know, they looked around and, you know, his bed was uh, made and, uh, you know, his uh, shoes were still there. He's like, okay, where is he at? You know, so they looked around the house. They went in the backyard, front yard, went down the street, nothing, couldn't find him. So a couple hours went by after they called some neighbors and some other people they thought he'd be hanging out with. Maybe he just got an idea and left a little early. And the mom got excited and called the police. So uh, what are you guys thinking right now? I'm thinking he was abducted. Uh, somebody probably crawled through the window and snatched him up. Okay, Gabby? Um, Jeez. I don't know the dad well yet, and I'm wondering if he has something to do with it, or like Matt said, somebody came in there, maybe put something on his nose, knocked him out, dragged him out of there. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see if you guys are right here. So now the weather being what it is, um, you know, the, you know, good weather, they're, they're thinking, okay, maybe he, he went out too early. They look for his bike. His bike's not there. Um, Kathy would call the police and the police would come down there with sirens and guns blazing. You know, you had uh, Cletus on the shotgun. You know, he was halfway out the door. like <laughs> shooting. I, re I really thought his name was Cletus. <laughs> so they pulled up and they said, hey, what's going on here? You guys called and wake us up. And he was still adjusting his belt buckle and everything because his pants were falling. <laughs> and uh, and they said, hey, my son's missing. You know, he just took off or, or someone took him. We, we can't find him. All right, let's go look around. And they just walked around the house, didn't really see anything. 
and they're like, "All right, guys, if he comes back, you know, he comes back. If not, call us again. We'll be we'll be asleep at the station." But the, luckily, there was a detective, and he showed, up. and a detective showed up, um, and just took a look around the house, and he was able to he see. Wasn't that a Johnson. It wasn't a Johnson. No, this guy actually was like, how do these guys still have a job? Um, <laughs> he looked at the back screen and the back screen was slit open. So it was like slit enough for someone to sneak in. Ooh. And uh, he saw a, uh, a footprint on the back side of the, the window. And it wow. uh, didn't match the shoes that the boy had. So they were like, okay, you know, this, this is highly suspicious. This is something. So then he actually... One of the Johnsons was like, well, maybe the father snatched him. And then he was trying to accuse the father. And the father's like, I'm the one that called you, moron. Or my wife did, you know, like, <laughs> why are we telling ourselves here? And then uh, so the detective's like, all right, back off a little bit. So they're looking. It doesn't match the father's shoes. And then uh, <clears throat> other than that, they look for fingerprints. There's no fingerprints. Um, the one of the side doors on the house was open. So they're like, okay, this is really weird. And... Um, at this point, the detective says, does your son do any drugs or drink alcohol? And they were like, as far as we know, no, he hasn't, you know, and he is at that age, you know, and then uh, they start talking the, and then uh, they were figuring, well, maybe, maybe they went to one of the rivers, you know, cause there's a lot of river parties that these high schoolers do. And, you know, they go out late and it is July 4th tonight, you know, like mm -hmm. maybe they had a pre-party or something, you know, it's the weekend, it's a Sunday. You know, uh, or, or last night was a Saturday. Tonight's, you know, this morning's a Sunday. Maybe he went out late, early morning. You never know. Like, give him some time. So they talked the parents down. The parents were like, well, this is highly uh, irregular of our son, Christian. Uh, he, maybe he is growing up. Maybe he is rebelling. You know, like, we'll wait for him till the evening. And the, and the detective's like, yeah, just look, give us, give us a few more hours. If he doesn't come back. Give us a call. We'll be back here. We'll start a search. But right now, it'd be a little too premature to look for him. And again, so maybe like he snuck out. Yeah, maybe he snuck out. Maybe he met a girl. Um, they're they're like, hey, just keep be optimistic. You know, um, if anything happens, let us know. If we find out a thing, we'll call you. It was one of those things. They talked the parents down a little bit and just told them to stay by their phone, stay by the house. And they asked him if he has keys. They said no. So stay right there. And then the, so they kind of like were, were kind of believing what the cops were spinning them, but they were still in the back of their minds were like, he wouldn't leave without telling us, you know, he's a, he's a really good kid. He wouldn't leave his job that he was so excited about. So yeah. mm -hmm. just wasn't adding. That bothers me. Like <laughs> how a lot of times, like you'll call the cops cause somebody's missing. And yes, a lot of times they do turn up. And it was like, you know, they did something out of the ordinary one day and everybody panicked. But a lot of times, like them telling you to wait, like it's still kind of early and giving you all kinds of reasons of why he might be missing or she might be missing and they'll be back and stuff. You waste 24 hours. That's a lot of time for somebody to get murdered, go missing and thrown somewhere else. Yes. And that's the issue that they're, that they're having here. The parents are like, you know, if, if something did happen, you're giving the perpetrator or the bad guy or girl, you know, a lot of head time, you know, mm -hmm. you, you know, to get away. And um, 
the, one of the cops came over and was like, well, hey, does he have any kind of like issues with you guys? Do you guys hit him? Do you guys like kick his dog or anything like that? And they're like, no, he doesn't even have a dog, moron. And then uh, Cletus is like, yeah, there's no dog here. You know what I'm saying? And he, what, are you, what are you talking about, Brutus? Brutus, he, he asked the dumbest question. Anyway, did you hit this kid? And they're like, no, we didn't hit the kid. <laughs> and so, like, they're arguing because they're trying to accuse him of, you know, maybe he's a runaway. You know, does he have mm-hmm. And they're like, no, he doesn't. So finally, the Cletus and Brutus leave. The detective takes off. His, his, yeah. <laughs> he's like, here's my card. Call me if you need me, and uh, you know, one of, well, I'll send some Johnsons over to, to to take some more notes and look around. I'll come down, whatever, and you know. So he's trying to reassure them. <laughs> so just imagine this: your son's gone missing the morning of July Fourth. Everyone around the town—it's a Sunday afternoon. Everyone's like outside barbecuing in your neighborhood, um, you know, partying a little bit, getting ready for the fireworks. And the fireworks start going off as it's become sunset. And poor Kathy, the mom, is just sitting by the phone. She she can't eat. She's freaking out. That's her only son. Uh, and then George is just sitting on the on the um, porch, just watching the fireworks going off, watching a car going up and down the street when they did come up and down the street, thinking that okay, here's my son. He's going to get dropped off. I'm not. You know, I'm not mad anymore. You know, he'll, he'll he'll get in trouble, but I just want to see him home. Like he's looking at every car, thinking that a car is going to pull up and he's getting dropped off by some friends or or a girl or someone like that. You know, so mm. that's, that's their torture. Evil. That's what torture. Yeah, that's absolute torture right there. And um, <clears throat> Kathy would fall asleep next to the phone. Um, George would actually go to, would, would sit on the couch with the door open, the screen unlocked because his son didn't have the keys. And he would be sitting there without sleep till morning when the detective showed up again. And uh, the, he would inform them that, uh, yeah, they can't, uh, can't find him, you know. And, and uh, mm-hmm. they had cops out looking for him all night, um, you know, and, you know, that they, he hasn't come home. So now... It's a missing person case. Now that now the police are taking it as something serious. Now they're saying be on the lookout for the kid and everything else like that. Now you're actually getting some uh, neighbors involved. They want to join in the search. And uh, it starts to uh, go like this to where, you know, people are getting in- interrogated downtown. They find out that a couple kids supposedly saw him uh, at one of the uh, movie theaters late that night. So they check into that, but it's all unconfirmed. It's all hearsay. So there's they can't take those leads seriously. Um, so we're talking now days go by and, uh, you know, there's nothing. There's not a phone call, no leads. They can't uh, they can't find <clears throat> they can't find anything. There's just nothing going on. And, um, and how many days has it been now? It's now going to be July 10th. So six days, six days? Later. yeah, six days later and uh, six days later in the n- neighboring county of Columbia, Wisconsin, there's a, um, a river that runs through Pine Lake Wild Reserve and a couple fishermen were uh, doing some fishing and they snagged something. They go to pull it and oh, no. it's a body. Oh, it's a body. Yeah. 
And as they pull the body over, they call the police. The police come down. Uh, the body is badly decomposed and uh, beat up a bit and also a little bloated. So they could not get a good, um, what is it called, uh, recognition yeah. or, or identify the, the body. But uh, they went straight to the local dentist because that dentist pretty much took care of the 12,000 people there. And <laughs> um, they were able to compare dental records and confirm it that that same uh, afternoon that it was Christian Steiner. So, wow. Yeah. Christian Steiner was found uh, in, in the river. Um, <clears throat> now the police actually got some really good policing from Columbia. Um, they actually don't have Johnson's. They were, searching the riverbanks figuring it was a party and maybe Christian got into an argument with someone there and there should be some sort of fight you know some sort of blood something to where um, you know they could see some beer cans something to where they could maybe find out that because what they they could see from the body there was foul play so they're trying to figure out okay did it happen on the shore and they threw him in the water mm-hmm uh, and now the police in that county came over to their county and also back over to um, Sauk County, which were, was where Christian lived. And they were interviewing all the kids, all the high schoolers, junior high kids. And they were trying to ask them, hey, man, were you hanging out with this kid? You know, uh, what's what you know, what do you know? And nobody knew anything. No one oh. had any idea. So what do you what do you guys think? I'm sleeping. Say again. I said because he was home sleeping. Yeah. So I mean, what 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 do you guys think so far of of what work how, or how Christian wound up over there? Uh, I'm thinking he was kidnapped in the middle of the night. Uh, it might have been drugged, like Gabby said. Um, probably was abused. And then they uh, threw him in the car, probably tied him up, uh, physically abused him, uh, may have been sexually abused. Uh, Then they probably killed him and then threw him in the water. And his body seemed to have flowed to the fishermen some six days later. Okay, yeah. I still stick by that, that he was definitely kidnapped because... I mean, I thought for a moment he might have been lured by somebody he knew. Like, if somebody came knocking to his window, like, hey, come hang out or something. Mm -hmm. But he's not wearing shoes. Like, that's not common. You're just going to jump out your window with no shoes and take off. True, true. The fact that his bed was made. I don't know if the creep who took him made the bed to change it up. Or if this happened like before he had even gone to bed and maybe he heard a noise went to the back door and he was snatched good theories good theories and we're going to see if you guys are right but we're going to leave this particular case because um so keep those in mind though keep your your um, viewpoints and your guesses uh, and see if you're you can uh if you nail it here at the end Uh, i won't I, i can't get away yet but um Basically, uh, they went on, like I said, to interview every kid that they can possibly do, even looked at sex offenders, all that stuff. All the leads dried up except one. 
And so keep that one in mind. One that uh, that lead was was someone that saw him last. Mm. And uh, we'll get, we'll get back to that particular person at one point. <clears throat> but we're going to fast forward. So, we're going to fast forward to now the year 1995. And it's a family of Connie and Joe Williams who moved from another part of Wisconsin to Baraboo, Wisconsin in the month of uh, June. So just a few weeks prior to this next um, case here. The couple had three kids, Joe and Connie did. Uh, They had an 18-year-old son and they had a 14-year-old daughter and a 13-year-old son named Thaddeus. Pretty cool name. Thaddeus. Yep, Thaddeus. Looks like Tadeo. <laughs> so we have a date. It is uh, July 28th, oh, no. 1995. Uh, Thaddeus and his sister were fell asleep watching a movie with their parents. Um, their mom went to bed first, Connie, and then their father uh, came over and, uh, <clears throat> you know, he, he went to bed. Now, the difference is here is usually... Joe would uh, carry his kids to bed, but this was not the case this night. He just went to bed, left the two kids on the couch while the 18-year-old was fast asleep up in his room. Oh, no. Thaddeus uh, was barely 100 pounds at 14 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was scooped up off the couch. When he opened his eyes, you know how when you're tired, you're fast asleep because they went to bed like probably like one o'clock. It was three o'clock at this point. Um, he was picked up and uh, he just assumed it was his father and mm-hmm. carrying him off to bed. So he he went right back to sleep, didn't look up or nothing, was just knocked out. He was being carried out, not fireman's carry, but just cradled out, you know. Mm-hmm. So, all of a sudden, he starts to feel the breeze on him and uh, he's he wakes up kind of like opens his eyes looks around he's outside and he's, mm. he sees trees and a neighborhood he doesn't recognize um as he opens his mouth and says hey where am i going his, a hand comes over his mouth a voice tells him to follow him inside the this house and to be quiet there's people to sleep so he does so and to this he doesn't understand why he's doing this He's following him upstairs to the room. Mm-hmm. So he gets up to the room and the door shuts. He's still like, he's kind of like wiping the eye crust from his eyes. He's just waking up. He's standing for the first time, basically. And, uh, you know, in the room, he's looking around. The light comes on and he recognizes the, the person that's right in front of him that took him from his house. It is none other than a kid that he knows by the name of Joseph. And Joseph is a 17-year-old kid uh, who, or Joseph Clark is a 17-year-old kid that he knows as a senior from high school and is twice his size. He's a big dude. Mm-hmm. And um, he tells him, hey, man, uh, I didn't mean to take you out like that, but I'm a friend of your brother, and uh, you know we're going to hang out here. And he starts rattling off all these names of kids in his high school. And he says, yeah, we're going to have a, we're going to have a party here, man. It's going to be awesome. Look, I got drinks. I got pizza, which he did in the room. And he's like, uh, check it out, dude. I got some sports cards. We're going to be listening to music, playing video games. 
He's got a whole setup in his room. Although it's trashy in the room, he's got a lot of stuff to do right there. So he's thinking, okay. So he's like, this is weird. Um, maybe my brother's coming over. And uh, so mm-hmm. he just, he's kind of waking up, looking at the cards, still not all there. <clears throat> and they just start small talking. And, um, you know, uh, he's he's thinking in his mind, it's start, you know, he's a, he's a cool guy. And right when he starts to relax a little bit, you remember the cartoon, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. Do you when remember? Man and Firestar? Yeah. And you remember when Spider-Man, like, he'd be, like, outside or before he was attacked, like, the background would change colors? It was his spider mm-hmm. senses? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, his spider senses started tingling. And before he could do anything... Let's get back to the story. Let's let's talk about Joseph Clark before I get into the next part. Come oh. on, man! <laughs> I'm like all drawn in. Like, oh my god! I'm over here. I'm over here drooling. Like, what's next? <laughs> you bastard! Well, I gotta tell you about Joseph Clark. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I was ready for that too. I had a little note like it. I'm gonna love their reaction right here. Uh, <laughs> Um, Joseph Clark, though, uh, as we talk about him, he was born into some issues right from the start. Oh. So his um, his mother was a drug addict and a prostitute. Mm. Mm. So she was strung when out. When she was pregnant with him, she was already a, an addict? Yes. Yeah, he was a cocaine baby. Dang, Ooh. that's not good. Yeah. And uh, so he was, when he was born, uh, the state took him. So he went into foster care right away because she was not taking care of him. Um, so he was in the state's custody till he was two years old, and then he became a ward of the state, and then um, they placed him in, with a family. And uh, the family began to raise him because they could not have kids of their own, <clears throat> and they lived mm-hmm. in Baraboo, uh, Wisconsin. And um, he started to develop some anger issues around the age of 11. Hmm. And just like last week with uh, Fugit, um, she, uh, how she made a death threat to her teacher, the same thing would happen at the age of 13 here with Clark. Um, he would uh, he would deface the woman's car, the teacher's car, by, um, what is it called, keying the car, and then um, he, uh, he put dye on it, and then he mm-hmm. also told her to her face she can go to hell, and he would love to kill her for giving him detention. Wow. Dang. Yeah. So <clears throat> at this time, I mean, you would put a kid probably in some sort of mental institution at this time. But mm-hmm. yeah, something's really not OK there. Yeah. This is uh, let's see. At 13, that was probably 1990 or 89 around that time. So they weren't too proactive back then. And then uh, at the age of 15, uh, he would be hanging out with cousins that were related to him only through his adopted parents. And um, they were racing ATVs. And uh-huh. uh, what do you think happened? An accident and a head injury. <laughs> Bingo! Flipped, flipped over, <laughs> hit his head, and boom. And was he wearing a helmet, guys? No. Of course not. So he move, would... Move that commercial. Helmeted rider, watermelon. <laughs> helmeted rider. <laughs> what? I remember Todd, that. You remember? You remember? I remember that. <laughs> It would show the watermelon like explode. They show the watermelon splash on the floor, and then they show the, uh, some kid slam his head on the pavement with a helmet. Helmet is rider, watermelon. You decide. 
remember that. We were we were 80s babies and we just loved TV, so I don't know. I yeah, that was a terrible P- PSA. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yes. yeah, he he didn't have a helmet. No, he didn't have a helmet and he would be in the hospital for 3 months. Dang, to, three months. Dang, three months. Three months, yeah. Because that was a severe one. He sure was, and um, he didn't come out of that uh, much better. Um, he would start to bully kids around the neighborhood as he was always bigger than any class he was in. So he was always, you know. And remember that lead I told you about the police had on the Christian case? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was Joseph. That was the guy that they were they were trying to follow up and and say, hey, he had something to do with it because he had many witnesses say that uh, that uh, the kid was the last one, you know, Christian was the last one to talk to Joseph. So like, or, or Joseph was the last one to talk to Christian. So um, <clears throat> they were they were like, okay, you know, and, and Joseph always denied it, you know, and his adoptive parents were like, oh, it's just a witch hunt. You guys can't find that kid. So you're trying to blame my son because he has a little bit of problems. So a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of problems. So, yeah. <clears throat> so that that was that right there. He was the last one to see him July 3rd. So with that background on Joseph, we can now get back to our story. <laughs> so Fine. Bastard. <laughs> Before you throw us for another loop. Yeah. So uh, let's get back to it. They're back on the bed. He's got all that stuff right there. They're sitting down. And, you know, Thaddeus is like waiting for another friend to show up, you know, like, but then his spider senses are going off. And... Why does he have spider senses? (laughs) (laughs) It's just a, 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 what is it called? A saying for when you, like a sixth sense. You know how like a woman has Mm -hmm. that sixth sense? Yeah. She she feels someone creeping on her. She could turn around and see somebody. Mm -hmm. It's true. You can feel when someone's watching you. Yeah. He had this feeling that something bad was going to happen like within seconds. And sure enough, the two that were just having a conversation on the uh on the bed joseph then grabs thaddeus picks him up in the air and then slams him down onto his bed again while all the stuff goes flying off the bed he starts punching and kicking thaddeus remember joseph joseph's like 236 64 65 it's a pretty big guy yeah and thaddeus is barely five feet 100 pounds that is wrong. Yeah. So no chance. Now this case is called the Bone Breaker. Oh. And um it takes a lot of power to break a bone. You know, a lot of a lot of force, a lot of, you know, things of that nature to to break a bone. You have to have a serious accident to break your bone unless you have brittle bones. But this is a teenager who has strong bones. And uh, but that wouldn't uh, <clears throat> wouldn't last, as Thaddeus would get into a bad situation when getting on his back. Uh, Joseph grabbed his ankle, and in one fell swoop, turned his foot completely backwards. Oh! Snapping his ankle in half. Oh man. He would later say that his that his ankle, the skin, looked like a uh, rubber band twisted. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. The pain. 
wait a minute. Where are this guy's parents? I'm glad you asked. Vacation. Oh, dear. Leaving and they want to bring his son. Yeah, leaving the 17-year-old to himself. So. Not a good combination. No, not at all. So his, That's like the worst age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so here's the thing. His ankle is, again, completely back, backwards. It's his right ankle. And he is yelling and screaming. At the same time, he gets up, uh, the, the kid, Joseph, and goes to the corner of the room and just starts putting his hand over his face, mumbling to himself. What the hell? And oh. Thaddeus <clears throat> sees this as a chance to get away. So with his ankle backwards, his foot backwards, he gets up and somehow hobbles to the room and hobbles down the stairs. Somehow not like he's taking two steps at a time, but his foot is just in sheer agony. Now he hears Joseph say, where are you going? He comes to his senses. He's starting to go down the stairs as quickly as he can. He makes it down the stairs. He goes through the front room. Joseph is hot on his heels right when he gets to the kitchen he sees a phone but, but for a glimpse of a second, but he's quickly pulled to the ground. And as he as he's pulled to the ground, Joseph then grabs him, grabs a rag. And then as he's attempting to carry him up, the two are wrestling. He's still trying to get away. Joseph, he says, has a look on his face of sheer murder, and he takes his leg as he pushed his knee on his lower back same right leg and twist it till the bone the strongest bone in your body the femur he breaks Thaddeus's femur oh Oh. further uh put putting putting um uh Thaddeus into severe pain as the rag is shoved down his throat he's just trying to breathe at this point Yeah. <clears throat> and then Oh my god, how diabolical do you have to be to have the strength to do that? Exactly. Like how do you oh. do that? Oh my god. And then at the same time he would then break his hip bone to where oh. that is passed out. So now the next part's going to be kind of hard to uh to uh, listen to but he wakes up and, um, you know, because he passed out, he's back in the room upstairs and he's looking across the room and Joseph is sitting there masturbating. What? Yes. Ew. He's masturbating and mentioning, like with his eyes closed, how much he loves to hear the sound of bones cracking <gasps> and how much it fascinates him. Ugh. This guy is nuts. Yes. And um, Thaddeus was going in and out of, of uh, consciousness. Consciousness at this point, <clears throat> and um, all of a sudden, you know, Joseph comes over to him and says, "Hey, um, you need to get some rest." Um, you know, <clears throat> and he's like, "Can I call my parents? Please, mm-hmm. can I call my parents?" And he's, you know, he's crying, and he says, "Here, here you go." And he's like, "Really?" He he gets the phone and. And as he's starting to dial on the phone, it goes dead. And looking over back at Joseph, 
Joseph just cut the cord and he's laughing. Mm. Oh, he's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And um, at the same time this is going on, you know, obviously um, Thaddeus's parents are, have already found out some, the same stuff that Steiner's parents did a year prior, you know, that the kid's missing. And now the police are like, oh, my God, this is a y- almost a year later and the same crap's going on. They find footprints outside their flower garden, the side mm-hmm. door open, same kind of crap. And the police are taking this really seriously now. They're not Johnsoning it up. They, you know, they fired Cletus and they co- fired Brutus and <laughs> actually got competent police officers. And they're trying to, uh, to, to fix this uh, wrong as they know that this kid is, um, you know, on a time limit. This, you know, he could be already dead. You know, mm-hmm. so um, night turns into day, or day turns into night, and it is uh, now Thaddeus is. It's about the evening of uh, that first night, and Thaddeus is telling, you know, himself he's he's got to get into survival mode. He's got to he's got to figure out a way to outsmart this guy, and um, he starts to say, "Hey, you know what? Um, even though you got your your." basically your right leg mangled in three different spots and mm-hmm. your hip and yeah and your hip and you're you're 14 years old he the wherewithal for this kid to think of okay let me keep him talking he starts talking about his childhood he starts trying to engage him in sports talk he asks him can they watch tv together you're getting no treatment for your leg mm-hmm. and, and, and he's he's at somehow convinced Joseph to go downstairs, take him downstairs, and they start watching TVs and movies together. Mm. So he's buying himself more time. You know? That's so sad. Yeah. So he's spending that day being friends with him and that night being friends with him. And uh, mm. so he tells him, you know, midway through the night, you need to get some sleep. Um, I'm going to take you back upstairs. <clears throat> and uh, he's like, no, I'll sleep right here on the couch. So he sleeps right there next to him. Um, it starts drifting into mid-afternoon the next day. And, uh, you know, the police are out looking for him. They can't find him. Um, all of a sudden, he's like, hey, can we watch more movies when they wake up? You know, like he gives him a little bite to eat of some pizza. And uh, he's thinking that everything's going to go right. But then he sees that look in his eyes. And all of a sudden, Joseph grabs him by the collar, <clears throat> lifts him up, carries him upstairs again, takes him to his room shoves you know a rag in his mouth and he's like no 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 and he now takes his left leg and breaks oh Oh, god man yeah he breaks that ankle and he turns that ankle completely backwards as well how can you mentally prepare yourself for that yeah and to this point like I don't know how he said he did it. He doesn't realize how he did it, but he raised his body up, his upper body, to where he just took one haymaker swing and clocked Joseph right in the face. Uh. Him being 100 pounds, Joseph being twice his size and, and, you know, know, everything. Um, Joseph pretty much grabs him, throws him back on the, down on the bed face first, Uh. and he would break his kneecap next. Yeah, mm. repeated punches and twisting to where it broke. 
So <clears throat> that's that. Yeah, at this point, he's got two severely mangled legs. He's got internal bleeding. You know, it's starting to bleed. His, <sighs> his legs are turning purple. The pain. Mm-hmm. And the swelling. Oh, yeah. He's uh he's in a lot of pain now. What do you think happens next? Hmm. He probably figures out a way to grab an object to knock this bastard out. I'm gonna say he eventually passes out from his pain, and then he gets killed. Okay, I'll give half a point to Gabby because he was looking for a weapon, but unfortunately, the, being a teenager's room with a, just a bunch of fun stuff and a lot of trash and stuff like that, there's nothing there. There's nothing he could use. Um, he's, again, s- sliding in and out of consciousness, but the weirdest thing that takes place next is that Joseph pulls out of his top drawer in his in his uh, you know little drawer there for his clothes um, cabinet or whatever brand new socks and gauze and a medical kit and he starts to wrap his wounds now he's not fixing adjusting his legs or nothing like that but putting socks you know many layers over his foot even though he it's not really going to do anything you, you got your ankles backwards uh, he starts trying to put gauze around his legs to try to keep them straight, even though he just mangled the crap out of them. Mm. And, um, you know, he he's starting to reassure the kid, like, hey, let's play video games. His legs are mangled, dude. You know, he's, tr- he's trying to, like, get back into friend mode again. Dang. Yeah, so <clears throat> with that being said, after he does all this, a few more hours go by, he gets a phone call. And the, you know, or not a phone call, but he's like, I'll be back. And he goes downstairs and Thaddeus kind of wakes up and he's kind of crawls to the door and he's listening in and he hears him talking to somebody. Now, he doesn't know at first it's someone in the house or on the phone, but he realizes he's in the kitchen downstairs talking on the phone. Now, he hears (laughs) him say, "Okay, what time are you going to be here? Eight o'clock. All right, eight o'clock. It's now six o'clock in p.m. So he deduces it's probably his girlfriend. So he climbs back on bed. As he climbs back on the bed, uh, he catches him and says, "Hey, were you trying to get off off the bed? I told you to stay on the bed." And he begins to then jump on his or jump on the bed and jump up and down on his already mangled legs. Mm. With his knees. Oh. So again, Thaddeus. I want to punch this dude. Yes. And all the while, Thaddeus is trying to defuse the situation and say, I think I heard your your girlfriend. I think I heard your girlfriend. He's like, how did you know? I heard you on the phone. Like, you shouldn't be, you know, you should be getting ready to go out. And he's trying to, like, talk him out of it through the sheer pain. And... At this, you know, so he's buying himself time, but then he'll go back to his legs and start jumping up and down on him again. Then, till finally, he's like, "Yeah, it's like seven thirty. I'm gonna start getting dressed." And then he finally hears the girl pull up in the driveway close to eight o'clock. So again, he's endured two more hours of this crap. Oh. And so he, what he does is, he locks him 
in the he goes you know what I, I'm not going to let her see you and so he shoves rags in his mouth and kind of ties him up a little bit on around his hands and he throws him in his closet he's like, I'll be back later and he goes downstairs he hears a car pull away and he's pretty much stuck in the garage or not in the in the closet sorry in the closet so after taking off um, he's like, I got to find something to get out of here. And he, so he starts to unloosen his, um, his wrist because they were, you know, they were tied up, but not very good. And as he's looking in the closet, he sees a old guitar and, um, he uses that to smash the crap out of the door with his, with all his strength. He gets the door open at four poundings of the door. Um, once he does, he then realizes he's got to get downstairs to that phone. Now he's got no lower body strength at this point. Um, he's now in severe, severe pain. Um, he has no movement to either leg. So he's crawling on his, on his arms, you know, like, and, and on his elbows and trying to use his upper body strength to drag that dead weight that he now can't feel behind him. Mm-hmm. Oh man. So as he gets to the stairs, he has to realize he's going to have to throw himself down the stairs. Ooh. And so as he did, he tumbled down all the way to the bottom to where he hit the side wall and he passed out. And then when he wakes up, he doesn't know how much time went by, but he realized he had to keep moving. There was four more stairs. He threw himself down those passed out again. And he, said he would go about five feet and pass out wake up a few minutes later and do the same thing until he got to the freaking kitchen. Oh, he must his body's in shock. Yeah, he must have been gone for a long time. Uh, what's his name? Um, Joseph. Joseph. Yeah, he he went on a date with his chick. So <clears throat> he um, so then he gets to the kitchen and luckily for him, in his own words. He said that it had one of those long cords, you know, the ones that you would put on the side of the wall. It was oh yeah, the flat foam where you pick it up and you have the the numbers on that uh, on the on the phone and it has that long cord that you can like basically walk from one side of the, mm-hmm. the other. And it had one of those, but some of those phones they had the dial and the the buttons on the actual wall. It wasn't on mm-hmm. the actual phone. This one, luckily, when he snagged it off the wall and it fell. And almost hit him in the face. It had the the numbers on the phone, so oh um, goodness. So he dialed nine one one, and uh, he got Operator Johnson. Unfortunately, oh, come Lord. on. <laughs> Operator Johnson was like, "Hey, who's this? It's nine one one." And then he's like, "I'm I'm the I'm Thaddeus Williams. I've been missing. Uh, I was abducted. I'm and and he's like, "Do you know where you're at?" And he's like. No, I don't know where I'm at right now. I'm in a house. Can you please trace it? I don't know if we have that kind of stuff to do that with. So hold on a minute. Let me let me get my supervisor. And so like, <laughs> what? We're taking a few minutes on the phone as he's trying to explain that he's been kidnapped. He's been he's really in pain. He's hurt. He needs help. And uh, it takes the Johnson about five minutes, including getting to one of the other police officers saying. Wait, you found the kid? The kid's alive? And like they literally say that on the on the nine one one call. Oh my god. <laughs> you have it? 
<laughs> no, I unfortunately I don't have that audio, but I heard it on a um, what is it called on 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 his testimony when he was giving his testimony. Oh, okay. And um, so. <laughs> So the 911 operator says, okay, let's trace the call. So when they trace the call, they've realized it was only a half mile from his, where he was abducted. So it, with all that, it took 15 minutes for the police and fire to get there. And when the police came, they saw That's him. Stupid. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, it had that been- psycho could get there any minute uh-huh. and you're going to waste that time. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. But here's the thing, though, when they really did put, you know, this into perspective, the the police did their job. They got down there, they got him, you know, they searched the house. They realized Joseph wasn't there, um, the parents weren't there. Uh, they got Thaddeus in the ambulance and rushed him to the hospital. The police did not hang around there like Johnsons and look like idiots and be a dead giveaway. No, <laughs> what they did was they called in uh, police from other agencies that actually had real police cars, like the unmarked ones. And they came down there and kept an eye on the house while they went out looking for different house parties to see if they could find the two teenagers. Mm-hmm. They were doing their job at this point. Um, Thaddeus in the ambulance or when he got to the hospital and the parents were reunited with him, they told the parents that he only had two more hours to live. He was bleeding internally. Dang. He would have to endure 43 surgeries. To fix everything long term when it was all said and done. So um we'll get to more of that as, as we as we finish up here. But what happened was they searched parties, they couldn't find Joseph's girlfriend, but when he did come home, the police were waiting and they ambushed him before he could get in the house and they arrested him. They found out also through Thaddeus that the girlfriend had no idea that he was there, so she was let go after a while. Um when they interrogated him, um, you know, talking to Thaddeus, um, they realized when after his first surgery that Joseph had told him that um, in one of the beatings that uh, he had done this before and that also um, he if he didn't listen, he would wind up like the Steiner kid and that Steiner name clicked in his head even though they were new to the neighborhood remember the williams had just moved in there a couple weeks prior Mm -hmm. Uh, that steiner name kept in his mind so when he told the police that they were like oh my god so what happened was they knew that the steiner kid when they found him had some broken bones Mm -hmm. but uh when they zoomed his body again they realized he had the same broken bones that thaddeus did So basically, whatever Thaddeus endured, Steiner endured and was dumped in the river. Wait a minute. When they picked up his body, they didn't notice all those broken bones? Nope. His feet weren't backwards? <laughs> they that What they assumed when they first found Steiner is that they probably, they were thinking it was like a couple kids that jumped him and probably kicked the living you know out of him. And mm-hmm. broke his bones that way, and then threw him in the water, knowing that with broken legs or broken bones, you couldn't swim, and he just drowned. <sighs> That's what they were thinking. That's why they were looking for kids, but it was one kid, and he had done all this devastation before. That poor guy. Dang. So, when the police were investigating the house and looking things up, and, and you know, 
finding finding uh, clues here and there. They found a book, and the book was entitled uh, "My Favorite Things to Do." And as they looked through the book, it had a list of boys on, you know, and ones that and it said a leg thing, and, it, and he had a few names on it. Steiner was already crossed off on that list. Dang! We couldn't find Thaddeus. But um, but they think that Thaddeus was more like new kid on the block, and opportunity. E- yeah, easy opportunity, like you said. But there was eight other kids that were in that surrounding neighborhood that he was going to go after at some point. Oh heck no! Eight other kids. Eight other kids. Mm. Why boys? <clears throat> What's that? My question is, he had a girlfriend. Why boys? I'm not sure. That part uh, was never was never um, related. Something had to be wrong there. He was masturbating to breaking boys' bones. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yep. And and they were trying to see if there was any other cases in between because that was an entire calendar year before he did it again. And they looked it Probably up. Probably because it was when the parents were on vacation. You're absolutely right. I was just going to say that the previous time Steiner, when he went missing, his parents were on vacation the year prior to. Yeah, he could do it because he was alone. Mm-hmm. And no one was going to hear him and the house was his playground. He's an opportunist. He sure was. So um, the, the two cases and see Thaddeus would survive and um, he would he would testify um, he would testify against him in the first case against Steiner or for the Steiner case in Columbia, the murder case. Mm-hmm. And he would be found guilty there. And then also he would be found guilty in, uh, in, in uh, his own case in Thaddeus's case. And so Thaddeus at the age of 15, cause it would take a year of surgeries just for him to get right to walk again mm-hmm. uh, for, before I went to trial in 1995. And uh, he was found guilty and sentenced to 100 years in prison. Dang. Yeah, without, without parole. So, so he's, good to, he's good to go to die up there in prison. That sounds about, sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Now, we've had twists throughout this thing. I really haven't used the twist, but you've seen how, how the story's gone back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more twist to this story. Um okay. In the finishing part of the trial, uh, there was a back and forth between uh, Joseph's good friend that he grew up with uh, in that area of Baraboo. And uh, they started, you know, arguing or his friend started um, starting crap with Thaddeus as he was rehabbing. And, uh, you know, some threats went back and forth. Thaddeus's family got into arguments with his with that kid's family and and it was just a big thing the cops had to get restraining orders for both families and then as Thaddeus was coming out of his house one day um his best friend uh Joseph's best friend you know the one that was starting all this crap with him he has a weird name it's like Bashemi or something like that um he pulled out a a, a shotgun and <gasps> and shot Thaddeus in the back and some buckshot got into the back of his head as well Oh wow! And Thaddeus, <laughs> he's like the Terminator man. He he didn't die from that either. Oh uh, wow! 
the kid was arrested, obviously for attempted murder. And, uh, but, um, the Johnson, uh, judge said it was, uh, self-defense. Self-defense for what? Self-defense claiming that Thaddeus started the argument, although, yes, although he was turned the other way and shot in the back, it was self-defense. Oh boy. The justice system. So (laughs) everyone. So you're telling me that if you start an argument with somebody, that person has the right to kill you. I guess. I mean, an argument. It's not like he went at him and tried to attack him. So he defended himself. Yeah. Because basically this kid was still trying to defend his best friend, Joseph and whatever, whoever sparked the argument that is like, no, he's a piece of crap. And there was probably words exchanged. But Thaddeus had no weapon on him whatsoever. It was just a verbal argument. He turned around. He was in his own yard and he was shot in the back. Luckily, it, again, it was one of those hunting guns, a low end rifle. And uh-huh. uh, so it shot mostly buckshot, but it still penetrated his back and, and penetrated the back of his head. Luckily, it didn't get through his skull or into his brain. But he did have to go back for surgery in the whole nine yards again. Wow. So that stupid kid got off. He got off with two years probation. Wow. And I'm guessing after this crap, the family finally freaking moved again. Yeah, they got out of there. They were done with the bear. Jesus Christ. I would have left there from the first incident. Yep. So. That was, poor kid. Yeah. Well, the the good thing to know about him to this day is that he's around my age and he's got like four kids. And uh, so, so like and his family's real tight knit and he's, mm-hmm. just, he's just a survivor and he's told his story. He wrote a book about it and uh, just he spent 43 hours of torture, 43 hours of torture. Jeez. He wouldn't have made it to 48 hours. He was two year two hours away from death. You don't think so? Yeah, the the, the hospital said he was bleeding too much. Yeah, he was bleeding internally. They said he had two hours at best. Hey. Yep. So he survived, man. Well, that's one hell of a story. That... Sure is. Yep. That's Baraboo, Wisconsin, right there, in the story of Thaddeus Williams. Thaddeus T third the third, and one other one other note about him though is he walks only with a slight limp. So with all those surgeries and everything, he had to have pins and rods put in and all that stuff. Um, His legs would, must hurt in the cold. Yeah, you could you could barely, but you could if on the outside looking in, you didn't know his story. He walks pretty normally, you know, just a slight slight limp if you're really looking from his right leg. Mm-hmm. But, the surgeons did a hell of a job. They rebuilt him, so he's good. He's still good. Okay. Dang. I cannot imagine how excruciating that was. I mean, look, if any of you out there have broken a finger, that's freaking painful. You know, and, that, and that'll fuck <laughs> the hell out of you. You know what I mean? I haven't broken a bone, okay? But when I worked at the airport, I did smash my finger with a very heavy object that my finger looked kind of flat, and I was shocked it didn't break. Mm-hmm. Like, my skin tore of the pressure. Oh, yeah. 
but my bone didn't break and I was shocked and that was freaking painful. I saw it. It was swollen. Yeah, it looked like it was smashed. <laughs> That's why it's like it's hard to fathom, like you said, how he could survive that kind of pain because like I've I've done it too. Where um, going in and out. Yeah. Because I mean, I've done it to where I haven't broken my leg, but I I uh, was playing baseball and I rammed shins into this other guy trying to make a catch Ooh. in the outfield, and my it left a huge knot and I broke a bunch of blood vessels, and my leg felt like um, 15 pounds heavier, and it was completely purple, so I can't fathom still that that wasn't a break that was just a really bad bone bruise, like. <laughs> breaking something like oh my gosh dude like being completely flipped over yeah heck yeah man he's a warrior and then climbing down those stairs knowing every bump is going to be excruciating pain oh any move i'm sure just the thought of moving hurt yep i mean you got to come off that bed you got to crawl out that room you got to go through the hallway you got to get to the stairs it's it's like an L-shaped stairs, so you got to throw yourself down the majority of the stairs, hit the sidewall, then throw yourself down the remaining stairs, and then still crawl through the front room to get to the kitchen. Wow. That's crazy. Mm. I hope that bastard got what he deserved in prison. He's, he's still up there, and there was... Uh, I did hear, like, the only thing that... Because I you look him up, you... Because he was 17, you don't have much information. I had to really do a deep dive to find stuff, newspaper articles. Um, but I did find a podcast, which I'll give a shout out to. It's uh, something called De- Declassified. And uh, <laughs> he said something called. <laughs> yeah, it was a crime show called Declassified, and then uh, Criminal Something or other. Because I, they they basically interview um, uh, people in prison. That's their whole shtick. Uh-huh. Is it? They talk. Oh, they get, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you had told me about that uh, a while back. Yeah, they get this, the the side of the, the guilty party. Like, they, they let them tell their story. Mm-hmm. And this guy, hearing Joseph, like, he's still in denial about everything. Like, he, he admits to Steiner, but he's like, he's like, oh, I never masturbated. That dude's lying. He's like, oh, no, he came over because he wanted to come over. And, like, he, de- he denies everything that happens to Thaddeus, but he doesn't deny the stuff that happened to the Steiner kid. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah. I wonder why. I don't know. Like, like they go back and forth and then I guess the two guys that do that podcast, they were like, Oh, well we, we reached out to Thaddeus, but once he found out we were interviewing this guy, he didn't want nothing to do with it. It's like, well, duh, you know, <laughs> you're talking to the enemy. Like, hello. Like facts, facts. Yeah. Hey. I want to punch this kid. Well, he's not a kid anymore, but I want to punch this dude. I want to do more than punch him. <laughs> yeah, she's already sharpening her knives. <laughs> punch him right in the throat. No, I would break every bone in his body so he could know what it feels like. <sighs> yeah, that would be a good idea. I wouldn't start with the ankles. I'd start with his toes and then crawl up slowly. Oof. Oof. But the part that got me in this case, you know, besides the stair thing, was the fact that his legs are already mangled, and then dude's jumping up and down mm-hmm. with his knees, like you know, how your legs are like bent. You're just uh-huh. jumping up and down. On, like, All that weight. Yeah, 
Like, I first thought when I was hearing this that they would have to amputate one of his legs, honestly. Mm -hmm. I didn't think, I thought one of them would have died out on him. Like, they couldn't save him. But, Mm -hmm. damn. He's so. That's why he couldn't feel them anymore, all that blood escaping. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm. Poor thing. Yep. I'm glad he survived and that he was that strong man. He had a will to live because. I don't know how many people would have reacted that way. I would have gave up. I'll tell you straight. I would have gave, gave up. Be like, look, man, this is too much. I'm gonna die anyway. Yeah, that kind of like rush to the head of pain. I, I don't think I could take it. He's a lot stronger than I than I could be. That's for damn sure. I'll give him that. Yep. Man, that's some endurance. Sure is. And good for him. And and. I mean, for the fact that he survived, they were able to give um, Steiner's family closure. Yep, they're finally able to to uh, to. I mean, look, we've done some cold cases. You hear of those that are solved like thirty years later. At least they didn't have to wait thirty years later. But it must have been grueling for them. Their only child, they lose him, and yeah, and they have to wait a year to find out exactly what happens. And it was you know, outstanding kid. You know, died for no reason. So sad. That's sad. Lock your doors, people. Yes. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. With with it, and hide your dog too. Those, those are rapists in Lincoln Park. That's what that. Oh, that's the story. Hey, man, I'm just think. I'm literally sitting here thinking like. I'm looking at my foot right now, man. <laughs> and I'm seriously staring at it like, yo, he twisted his whole, broke his whole ankle. Both of them. Backwards. Backwards. Yeah, because you yeah, know, nah. you know, if you're like playing with Ninja Turtles or old action figure, you know, G.I. Here we go. Yeah, you turned their legs. <laughs> yeah, you, man, we, turn, we turned their head, their bodies, their <laughs> Yeah, you're like, oh, look at G.I. Joe's possessed. You know, like his head's backwards, his feet are backwards, you know. Like, I'm coming to get you. I'm a zombie. Zombie Joe. You know? But but that kid really had his, like you said, his it's hard to fathom. It really is. That kid. Um, oh, man. Yeah. Shout out to him. Shout out to uh, Shout out to him. Yeah, yeah I, I can. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I couldn't do it. I'm looking at my ankles right now and just, just imagine them being turned backwards, like completely backwards. My ankle hurts thinking about it. I... Dude, we play basketball. Oh, yeah, rolling your ankle, yeah. high ankle sprain is excruciating pain. Yep, that's that's not even anywhere. That close. ain't even close. Yeah. Hey man, he got the willpower. Yep. And here's the other thing too. Um when all of it went to court, um he did admit that Steiner did not last uh the whole day. So when he got that kid and he was doing that damage, the same damage he did to Thaddeus, uh poor Steiner died fairly quick and he dumped him in the water that same morning. Mm. So he did it's not like he had him for forty three hours like he had Thaddeus. He only had mm. He only had the Steiner kid for a few hours. 
that kid couldn't take what that he couldn't take it dang yep that's sad man sad story yep but his heroics saved a few other kids though absolutely because this guy was definitely sick in the mind oh yeah but he's where he should be he's rotting right now I hope he got some like Gabby said I hope he got some jail justice and have his ankles strapped around and bent I doubt it listening to that podcast he's just been he's just been living out his days so unfortunately he's he hasn't had no Domner uh, justice or any other one of these guys that get their throat slit or nothing like that he's He's just had an unassuming time over there in jail for now. What, what's going on? Twenty six years now. He's been in jail. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He should have been sentenced to death. Agreed. Agreed. Well, and that was our latest episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Todd Fox, for breaking down another story for us. You're welcome. If you guys like what you hear, you guys know what to do. You can support us by following us on our Facebook and Instagram page. Just type in Grinding True Crimes and you can follow our page, like our page, leave a comment, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. And if you want to listen to us on your podcast stream, all you got to do is go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, Podvine, Player FX, po- FM, I'm sorry, I said FX, <laughs> iHeartRadio, and Samsung Podcast. And for those listening to us outside of the U.S., you can continue to listen to us on Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Podchaser. Before we go, I wanted to give a shout-out to Carol Knight, Marilyn Rice, and George Dal- Dalgleish. Wanted to give a shout out to you guys. If I, George, I might have said your last name wrong, but I apologize. But shout out to you. Cool, cool. All right. Well, that has been another episode of Grinding True Crimes. This has been your host, Maddie Mad, along with Gabby Gab and Todd Fox. And we're finding out. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Y'all come back now, yeah? <laughs>